relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. We did the thing. We went down to Humboldt and we came back. Man, that was fun to let you sit in that because you didn't. You went real big, and then you were like, "Billy's gonna pop in," and I was like, "I'm not gonna pop in. I'm not gonna." Well, and then but we did laugh too. We're gonna did... add that to the song. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't had it at the Colorado yet. Um, Ooh, we're going to the, we're going there soon. We just got back from Humboldt, you mofos, and yeah. it was, it was Humboldt, you guys, from 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 the time we entered Humboldt County to the time we left, it was the Humboldt County experience. Uh, let's talk. We, I flew up to Eugene and rode down with Mike. Was our way we did it this time because the. I did the drive and it's a lot. Actually, it's the drive back that's a lot. The drive up there is like very relaxing, if I'm being honest. It's the <laughs> drive back where I'm like, this is 11 hours. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So it was like way better the way we did it this time. We learned, you know, you learn every time you yeah. go somewhere. This is our third trek into Humboldt. And we planned one trek. And then we've needed three because it and you know if we're being honest we could spend another three years interviewing dope growers in Humboldt. i think that's how it gets you that's how we'll end up as residents <laughs> yeah we go back for <laughs> we go back for the like a follow-up season of Humboldt, and they're like what happened we moved here so we could just go more in depth with we ran Humboldt. out of gas which we did see a minivan on the side saw, of 101. We saw a couple. Yeah, that we saw was a couple. out of gas, and we were like, "Up, oh, new residents. Look at that." Yeah, I pulled over at the population sign, and I just went plus two <laughs> when we entered. Uh, and then, so we met up with this week's guest. We'll say his name later. Uh, at his place in Eureka, uh, as you guys probably saw on the Instagram or the Twitter. The 101 in North Humboldt, uh, right on the ledge, and I use ledge appropriately, <laughs> of just a giant ledge. It's beautiful, but there was like a clear mudslide. The, the mountain had just gave way. And then so they had cleared most of it, but you had to go on gravel to get over it. And you guys can see you go to our instagram it's on there i've got going in and going out so you get both both views it's it was it, it was snaky man it was so cool it was very cool i wasn't i wasn't scared as much as i was like man this is i hate how much i enjoyed it how about that <laughs> like the way it makes me feel deep down inside or it's just like this is cool and like a little part of me was jealous of the construction workers where i was like man what a cool job like, and there's yeah. like 
there's guys just standing there watching for I'm assuming another yeah they were keeping an eye on stuff falling is what it was clear so we got to that and it's beautiful we saw some elk it just every every curve on the one-on-one is like this revealing like oh my god the Uh, amount of times you said oregon you beautiful bitch no you beautiful whore oh okay that's yeah yeah. that that was totally different because we did drive by the dunes too to get there oh yeah that part the is, rich dunes and the poor dunes that part really made me laugh there was there was there's the poor people there's like the poor dunes and then down there's a there's some dunes you have to pay a little more to get into <laughs> they're the same sand it's this uh crack me up oh man it cracks me up but that dune shit is so weird especially if it's just I try not to think about it because it's like one of those things where you're just like, I don't fully understand it. And when I think, I know it, it's explainable, but it's weird. <laughs> we like uh, to drive fast on the beach. Fuck laying in the sand. We want to drive fast on it. Not that. That part doesn't. It's the amount of sand, dude. It's not the, what they're doing in it. It's the giant dunes of sand. It's not well, everywhere. I actually don't think I've ever seen the sand dunes. Because that's uh, the that's that's the you know Republican side of the beach. Okay, that's weird that you divide it like that. I don't think you should do it like that. <laughs> it's very limiting when you do that. I don't do that. Uh, I do the rich and the poor because it's a certain <laughs> way that it just one's more expensive and whatever you know. Uh, but the other part, I don't understand that part. But if you've never seen them, dude, it's the weirdest shit you've ever seen. Oh, so anyway, that's a whole. I'll, I'll take you. We'll next do. Time. Okay, all right, all right. It's weird. Um. Anyway, uh, so we stop in Eureka, see this week, this week's guest. Uh, I had never met him. Mike had never met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always an interesting thing going in because they're cool. He was very, very helpful and very cool online. But you don't know going in. You guys know. It could be a catfish situation. Especially in an artist kind of collective in Eureka. You're like, what are we walking into? Here? It was very, yes. It was cool, though. A very cool artist collective. And it wasn't it wasn't sketchy, which is saying a lot. Uh, one about any artist collective yes and two one in eureka that's saying Very a whole lot so. so uh the bathroom situation was really nice i was Super not ex- clean i was not expecting that to be they honest had the I code like, to get into the bathrooms was, and stuff. everything was very impressive uh and uh, but and then matt was very cool i'm not giving it away his name he just matt. said his name no, but they also, I realized they've already seen mm-hmm. his name on the, when they press play on the episodes. Yeah. So I don't know why we were like, hey, you're not going to know who his name is. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a fun one. This is a fun <laughs> intro. So then we hung out with him. He was, he was delightful. It was like Super one of those cool. things where we're like, we we're like, yes, yes. Thank you, internet. This is what the internet's for. It's bringing cool people together. Making friends on social media, not enemies. 
it was it was his podcast. I wasn't even doing. He he emailed us, so don't oh, okay. give social media credit. Social media is not what I was talking about. But please follow us on Instagram. That is a good way to. It is a good way to keep in touch with it. No. Um. <laughs> uh So then, we we head out, Mike. We're Garberville. We're going down to Garberville. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, kinda, ostensibly a did, seven hour two, we, seven hour trip and now we got an hour left we have one hour left uh we didn't stop to get anything to eat in eureka because the, we were like there'll be stuff mm. open and there was there was a grocery store thank god uh We'll get to that later. We'll that we now. we even fucked that up too. <laughs> um, so then we're driving. Mike, take it over. You're the driver at this point. So as a seasoned driver, I'm driving down the 101. He's and, not uh, a seasoned. Don't let him. He's driven. I'm, he's I've, he's not. He's gonna play like he's a great driver. He's a fine driver. He is far I, from great. I understand physics in a Toyota to an almost expert level. Nope. But that's a, that's a dumb, cocky thing to say. And I <laughs> will not ride with you again after you speak <laughs> like that. So we're driving down, and a lot of the turnoffs and exits on the 101 is just the road that goes down and then a road that goes yeah. up on yeah, the other it side. Is. <laughs> yeah, the, you are just going up and down hills Look, in that part of. Yeah, that is a great way to describe it. It's an exit. Um, I see a lovely member of the protect and serve community. The Just humble, say there's a there's a Humboldt, Humboldt Sheriff's Police. Department. God yep. damn. You, I'm building. You're not. Attention. You're not. There's a difference. But I'm, I'm okay. See, what we're going to do now is like, this is like the Patreon where you're like, hey, Billy, here's where you're wrong about weed stuff. Here's I'm going to break down some storytelling. Just you don't have to the parts that you're extending aren't interesting it's the you gotta build suspension like oh uh, it's a cop we know a cop's coming you couldn't think of the word so instead you're like i'm building suspension and what people are doing right now when you were doing that they were reaching for the fucking things fast and they're like shut the fuck up mike it's so a metaphor. There was, Your whole social media sorry, handle I'm is sorry, a metaphor for sorry, that. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So, okay. as I was saying, we were driving and there was a constable on patrol. <laughs> I'm going to piss right in my, I'm going to piss right in my weed. I'm going to piss. That's what I'm going to do. Like, is this what you mean? You mean to piss in the weed? Is that what you mean, teacher? That's what you just did. That's what you just did. That's what you did. Hey, Billy, why doesn't Mike open for you anymore? <laughs> Episode Matt Curse. <laughs> Listen to it. Um, so I see a police officer pulling somebody over. I'm like, oh, shit. All right, I saw the cop. I'm in good working mode. I'll just go the speed limit now. So he, he was. I even I yelled was. at him. I, did, I was like, go slow down because the cop's being weird. And he was like, I am. And I was like, fuck, I guess you are. The cop kept him weird. The cop was very weird. So the cop had pulled somebody over, and then he takes off, and he's behind us. I'm like, I'm going the speed limit. It's all cool. He passes around us on the left, and then 
merges over to the right-hand lane in front of us and then pulls over onto the side of the road. We were so fucked at that point. We were so fucked. It didn't matter what you did. Like, it was just that feeling of like, oh, no. (laughs) He just did weird stuff around us. (laughs) It was almost psychological warfare at this point. (laughs) It was. He did that. Yeah, you're right. He was like... See how these dipshits are gonna react. We were just like, sit up straight and drive. Drive. We're driving. Um, and then all of a sudden the lights go on. So I'm like, holy shit, what the hell? I was going the speed limit. So then Billy is my co-pilot, just like Jaw. And um, let's say maybe there was some cannabis related materials <laughs> that were being quickly stowed away into compartment areas. Um, you then, have to do it without moving your shoulders. Yeah, you gotta keep the shoulders straight and then just do the sidearm thing. So practice just, in the mirror. Practice yeah. in the mirror. You can guys. turn your head though, because you can communicate. Because that would be abnormal if you guys don't communicate with each other. But you do not move your shoulders, okay? Yeah. Good, good lesson. We should do this on the Patreon, a getting nope, pulled nope. over video. No, we sh- this is free. This should be free. We're we live in a in a private prison system currently, so this should be free information. So the cop comes up to Billy's side of the window because we're on the side of the 101, um, and he proceeds to say, "Hey, did you know your registration's out?" Like usually, cops are like, "Hey, man, do you know why I pulled you over?" But instead, he's like, "Your registration's out." Um, I was not happy. I was immediately angry at Michael because I was imme- me and I think me and the cops' energy were immediately combined. Like this stupid mother, you just from just from a traveler standpoint of just from years of doing it, is you all I Slee <laughs> is right. BW, you're still bad. I am still a little just. <laughs> It's because from years of being on the road is you just don't give them any free reason to pull you over. Especially with out of state plates. It was just, I think it was just, I'm going to use this. You said seasoned driver is what you started (laughs) this fucking story with. I kept it in there when you said it. I was like, I was going to say something. I was like, no, there's going to be a better time in this story. I can bring that up. Take it right back in his face. It's such an amateur fucking move to have your registration like that. And what were we doing? Just carrying as much pot as we could find. I mean, that's what I, that was my plan. And I'm not (laughs) lying about it. I can show it to you. Listen. So, so he goes registration, and then I was like, okay. And Mike's like, ah, it's an Oregon thing, and blah blah. And the guy goes, it's been almost a year, and I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> you don't have any. I was like, I kind of want him to put you in jail right now. I don't want that. I did not want that. Oh, I did not. We don't I want that never, for anybody. Ever not unless you're like doing murder or like a robbery thing, then maybe Oof. you should go to jail. Or you're punching everybody. You gotta spend a night. But you would have been down a co-host too. I'd have got you out the next day. You've been fine. <laughs> that would have been fine. Um so, so uh 
yeah, so he's just talking to us, and we couldn't notice that his flashlight kept moving. Well, he kept. Do you want to explain why his flashlight kept moving, Billy? Amateur Billy? It's not amateur. Watch. I'm the one that got us out of this, so there's no amateur to it. You can keep saying and saying words that that aren't true to deflect from your responsibility. Yeah, I left the pipe out because uh, it's just sitting right there. And guess what? It's legal to have that. That is legal to have. It's not legal to consume while cars it are It was empty. Motion. It was not packed. Yes, you did a good job with that part. I do not. I, not, I don't that put was... the pipe down with stuff in it ever. <laughs> oh. So amateur Billy, <laughs> fuck you. Amateur Billy. Okay, this is where Billy was an amateur. He didn't check the license plate before he got in the car. Trusted his friend. Who oh, knows then, how a Toyota goes around curves. And then to backtrack a little bit too, a better part was when we were stopped waiting for to drive over the landslide section of the highway. There was some cannabis in the center console just like grinded up. That was from real. And that was I just, yours. Yes, I just have cannabis in my car at all. Yeah, okay, thank you. I was like, that wasn't and, mine. That was in there when I got there. But I, I literally just said, there was a construction worker walking towards our truck and I made the joke, Billy, hide the stuff. And I just took the cannabis and acted like I was throwing out the window, but it just confettied all over the inner cat. Yeah. Mike. Mike. Mike's as a comedian, he's sloppy right now. He's very sloppy as a comedian. And it's not that that it's not your fault. That is not your fault. But you are very sloppy when it comes to that. So the cop goes, It's been over a year. And I did look at Mike like I I was like at that point it was and the cop goes, uh he goes, I got a new motorcycle i got a new camper and i got new registration for all that this year he's like i can take your truck impound it after six months legally and i said i just said i don't think that's a bad rule actually i don't i paid a lot of money for my registration i was like he's being stupid and he was like thank you and i handed him i was like here's my id and i knew if you hand them and like there's no reason for him to take my id so I knew if I, it was like here, that would just be like, we are not, we're not up to anything. I'm not a criminal. He's, and I kind of want to fight him right now with you. <laughs> so he came back and Mike couldn't even pull up, but he was cool. He was like, he's, you could tell he's like, okay, this guy's going to give him the shit he needs to get. And, and then he came for the record. Wh- he said that we were the second car that night from Oregon that he pulled over with no registration. Yeah. So it was a thing. Mike was like, ah, the Oregon's being shitty. And they were. Because then we get to the hotel in Garberville. Uh, and there's an Oregon car in front. It was like a BMW, something nice. And its registration was was uh, expired too, like five or six months. And I was like, well, there you go, Mike. You, well, that's... You, you can flip me off all you want. It's still irresponsible. <laughs> and dude went and checked. That's what he did. He, he checked to make sure I wasn't lying. Yes, he did. 
and then but he wasn't as mad because i had flipped it on him mm-hmm. Woo! good thing though you and did so, kind of bitch out because you should have asked him because when he was back in his no, car this was not i read the scene he was in a hurry <laughs> i did not I bitch out billy should have asked him if we could interview him i was going to if he came back in a good mood i was gonna ask him but he was like all right you guys thank you blah blah, blah. and then like he sped the fuck off i was like i just it's the last last weekend in the month he's getting we, his quota and he couldn't have got us we should have we should have jumped out of the truck as he had his back towards I can't, us walking I can't with, away i can't i just can't i can't with what you're doing right now and like, i'm gonna just hey. i'm just gonna start during the patreon when we're doing when you're doing growth i'm gonna just be like is this dirt is this a dirt thing is this dirt <laughs> No, it's soil if we do it properly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know what it is. Is this soil dirt? Do we put do we put it upside down? Does the light go in the dirt? <laughs> so luckily through my quick thinking, we got out of the trouble with the police and then we went to the hotel in Garberville now so i'm already checked in mike as you can tell walks and lives in his own space time continuum as you can tell from the way he's talked throughout this thing so i uh i'm already in the hotel and i'm like yo come on in whenever and he's like hey look stuff (laughs) hey look not my registration that's what he was doing in the park lot so the parking lot is just nothing but weed grower trucks, basically. And then, like Billy and, said, and old in in uh, an old people in retired people looking at the redwood. It is quite a <laughs> the the breakfast was quite a mix. Yeah, and a few BMWs in there also with who knows what they were doing up there. Yeah, and there's growers, there buyers, and retirees. That's who's yeah. There's a woman a uh, woman rummaging through her SUV. Um. And I'm just at my truck. And then she quickly backed out of her parking spot and hit the Jeep next to my truck. And I was like, what the hell? And then See, so I had I- spied this lady before. That's why I was in the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like somebody I knew. So <laughs> she backs out, hits into the Jeep. And then just speeds off. And it's like, that's weird and random. And then out of nowhere, out of the shadows, a pregnant woman in her 20s with a trash bag comes out and says, that bitch hit my car? And she just starts <laughs> beelining it towards me, maskless. And I, I saw said, this part. <laughs> I, was, I was watching from behind the car outside the room. Because I heard the car hit, and I was like, man, what the fuck do Mike do now? <laughs> and then, and that's when I saw the pregnant lady come out, and that other car drive off, and Mike was brilliant. He just kept walking. Like, he was like, I don't, I barely see you as the thing. I was like, get out of there, buddy. Get I was, out. I asked her, I was like, did you know who that was? And she was like, I know of her. <laughs> Which is such an interesting answer in itself. But as a Eugene celebrity, I know how that's like. But 
She goes, uh, can you be my witness? And I was like, number one, if you're calling the cops, there's a lot of people that are going to be pissed at this place. Yeah. So I just, I just started walking and she goes, what room are you? I want to be, I want you to be my witness. And I was like, oh, my friend's right over there. I think it's room. Yeah. I don't me. think if, I think if you called the cops to the hotel, they would be like, we're not allowed to come to there. <laughs> It just feels like base where they're like, hey, uh-uh. uh-uh. We'll be two blocks away. And then the next morning. Ice cream cake. Tell them. So the next morning I go to Why a delicious. Tell... Okay. I know. So the next morning I go to the delicious continental breakfast. And there's just two gentlemen standing outside the front lobby of the hotel. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then I go back into the breakfast and there's a guy, you know, wearing camo clothing, passes me out of the breakfast area. I grab my breakfast, come back out. And that camo guy is having a very loud conversation with those two gentlemen in front of everybody saying, yeah, I got a bunch of ice cream cake. I'm really hurting for money. I had to borrow money from my mom. So I got to trim it up. But if you guys want to come check it out, you might as well. Just in front of everybody, in front of God, this pregnant woman with the trash I'm just bag. doing business. Breakfast. You had to have a ticket, though, to get that breakfast. It was a raffle ticket. Yeah. So it was uh, the whole the whole setup. Was, it was the hotel was not bad. That's the it was thing. Very nice. I would no. It was not very nice. It wasn't bad. Um, Mike, we're gonna. What? I'm gonna. My Almost standards, okay? I know, My I standard. can't wait to show you a nice hotel. We're going to have to be like, oh, Mike's never going to leave. We got to check out, buddy. We got to check out. Come on, buddy. Let's get out of here. It was, I mean, it was It was nice. It was not a very nice hotel because of what has happened in there every year for the past 30 years. <laughs> oh, the stories of the pounds it could tell. But it was fun, and then we met up with our man do the thing this has been the longest intro ever but it's been a good one and it could have been quicker but we had to we have to teach mike story structure and <laughs> and how to cut out details like and then i went inside to get some breakfast and then i came outside with the breakfast right motherfucker no one needs to know that part we just need to know there's the dude standing outside breakfast yelling ice cream cake it was a great it was a great continental breakfast ladies and gentlemen give it up for matt kurth from humble cannabis tours issue to them <laughs> i have some uncles and cousins that they're fearless 
But they're they're not fearless. They're good. They're well. No, <laughs> about that they're fearless. But about other parts of life, they have so much fear. It's crazy. <laughs> it's very interesting. Well, yeah, especially in Oregon, like taking the BLM land roads and stuff like that. You know, it's like, oh, I gotta get to this one waterfall. I want to go for a hike today. And then you're just driving on the side of a mountain and a huge fucking logging truck comes by and you're like, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. We got it. Don't worry. So Matt, tell us, where, how long have you been in Humboldt? Yeah, so I moved to Humboldt uh, with my wife um, about 10 years ago. It was 2010. And we moved here. Uh, we had visited here before. Um, we had some friends here. And just, it's an awesome place to visit. Um, just the Redwoods. We were just visiting. Um, and then uh, my wife wanted to pursue her graduate's degree in English, mm-hmm. and we wanted to go in, in Northern California, in somewhere rural, and this like, was kind of it. Like, we wanted to come here. So we moved here to go for her to start grad school, um, and then we just kind of fell in love with it and stayed, and now I'm, like, hooked on here. I'm not going to move anywhere. I always joke with people that I'm, like, on the edge of buying a burial plot because I'm going to need it eventually. Like when I go, (laughs) I'm just going to die here long from now, I hope. But yeah, I love Humboldt. I couldn't imagine. I've I've lived a lot of other places in California. I've traveled all over the world. My dad worked for the airlines growing up. So um, I traveled a lot. Cool. It was amazing. As a stand-up, I was just like, like, that's cool. Jealous. Like, oh, you said a lot of money too. (laughs) No, and that's the thing. Yeah. So like we didn't have a lot of money growing up. My dad was a ticket agent, like the guy at the front desk, basically. It's pretty regular blue collar kind of job. But the flight benefits, especially before uh, 9-11, the flight benefits were nuts. Like, we used to get free hotels and free rent-a-cars because the hotel and rent-a-car people had reciprocal agreements with the airlines. So we would, like, go to Hawaii, and it would be free hotel, free rent-a-car, free flight. So it allowed us as a family to, like, not have a lot of money but be able to, like, travel these amazing places. Um, but I've still found nowhere else I'd rather live than Humble. It's, Humble's not for everybody. A lot of people move here and then move away. But for me, it's like I've found my spot. Like, this is where it's at. I love it here. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the – when did you realize, like, hey, where did you guys move from exactly? How about um, that Yeah, first? so before this, we were – we actually lived in our truck before this on purpose. We were, like, houseless, living in our truck on purpose, traveling around the West, like, visiting our friends and visiting national parks. We did that for about a year and a half. We didn't have a house on purpose. Um, so, yeah, we had a ship, like a storage unit with all of our stuff in it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we had just been traveling around and we were on a break in between, like when we finished our bachelor's degrees at Chico State. Yeah. Um, and then we just were living in the car for like a year and a half and river guiding. I have a background in whitewater river guiding as well. So, we'd river guide in the summer and then travel around in the truck in the winter and visit friends and visit national parks and visit hot springs. That was like our three things, like friends parks and hot springs so we did like tons of sounds hot springs great oh, yeah yeah that's a great life right she there. loves sulfur you gotta <laughs> love it. lithium so good yeah and we were like 27 years old couple they've been it was just so awesome like that was one of the favorite times it was, it was it was hard kind of living in the truck but it was one of my favorite times and i look back on it it was so amazing just having that time well y'all are just like wait i'm like where do you want to go today kind of thing yeah, well that's... let's find another hot spring i guess we've been at this one for a week now yeah <laughs> It was pretty so, cool. So yeah. then what drew you here? You said you had been here before, but what drew you here? Um, the co- well, it was the college. With college, we had some friends here, so we had some community to kind of come into. Yeah. Um, the environment here is amazing, just the redwoods and the beach and the, just all that stuff. It's in California. I like California. 
People get down on California all the time. I was born in California. I, I like it here. No, I don't like all of California, but I'm a, I like California a lot. I assume <laughs> it's traveled all over the country. It's the best state. I like it. I mean, it's got... You're going to say that in front of somebody from New Jersey right now. And I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> but as far as top to bottom, all the different stuff, it's a tough one. I mean, I don't know... Listen, I would love to say and, and be all loyal, but it's just like, I can't, you guys, because of facts. Yeah, it's, I like it here. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of things, the weather, the culture, I like the culture. And California's not perfect. We got major problems. Like, there's things about, I can talk bad about California all day long, but in general, it's, kinda, it's where I want to be. I like it. Um, yeah, and then also, over time, what I found is the community here is really amazing. Like, what we've all discovered, I discovered, and I was like, oh, this is where it's at. Like, I started learning about K-Mud and getting involved with that. And meeting more people and, like, getting involved in, like, the university um, and just getting more deeper into the community. And that's really what I fell in love with. And that is, like, the most unique best part around here is that community. And it's part of, like, you know, there's like, cool places to live. They're beautiful and have clean air all, all over the place. Um, but the community in Humboldt is, like, super, super unique. It's, and it's the most special thing about it here. I mean... That's really where it's at. Um, also, like, we have really good food. We have really good music. We have better music than we should. We have a way better comedy scene than we should for how big it is. Like, for how small we are, like, we have a comedy club. Like, that, how many towns with 60,000 people have a comedy club? Not more many. Than, more, no, more than really we more think, than and think, they yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> Let's just be honest about it. It is a cool thing that you guys have, and it is, it is somewhat sustainable, I think, in Humboldt more than other smaller, uh, quote-unquote, cities. <laughs> but... There are some places where they're like, no, we're going to start a comedy club. And you're just like, listen, don't do that. You guys. It's just not sustainable because <clears throat> there's not enough. It's as a stand-up comedian, there's some, some hard truths you have to face if you want to keep doing it. And it's that it's, it's not music. And not everyone gives a shit about it. <laughs> it's just such a... Few and far, it, it's it's like cannabis, kind of where it's like it's growing and people understand like what it is, but it is it's a specialized little th little thing that when you when you're an outsider, you think it's like way bigger than it is, and then you get in, and you're like, oh, it's oh, it's small. This is small because most people do not give a shit. <laughs> well, especially like working comedians, like people are actually doing it and like for a living. That's just got to be a crazy small world. Uh well, people come and go from it. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and cannabis, too. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, that's why it's so similar. It's I think I've been able to yeah. dip back. Like, I've been able to kind of go into the cannabis world and not be, like you say, like some people come in and get out real quick because it's not what they think. But to me, I was already, because of what stand-up and what comedy as a career is, is very vague and gray and constantly the bottom can be pulled from beneath you uh so going into cannabis and people are like ah it's not what you think and i was like ah you don't know what i think <laughs> <laughs> and a lot you of start seeing you're like yeah there's so many sim and it's it's more of a calling it's like my parents it's a are, lifestyle I mean, yeah it's like my parents are teachers and the older i get the more i realize like they had a calling too and that's yeah. probably how they understood and handled their oldest just being like, I'm going to tell jokes. I'm going to quit college, which I'm doing great at, <laughs> to tell jokes. And they're like, okay. All right. All right. I get it. So then your wife is at college. 
What are you doing? Um, my, well, point, my point was Humboldt's a calling. <laughs> <laughs> it is, for sure. Thanks well, for letting weed me finish. And river guiding, I've like based around my, I've been the whole life around doing things that like I want to do and I feel like are a calling. Like being a river guide was super awesome. Um, it didn't pay anything. I made, I worked, I worked 12 hours a day and got paid like a hundred bucks. But I love the lifestyle. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yeah. And all recreation, this business, I've, I've been doing this business for five years now and putting everything into it. All my money, everything, I'm like, I'm all in. Like, there's no more to go in. And I have really yet to turn a profit. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I Most small I businesses do it, you know? don't. Yeah. That's what yeah. people don't realize is they're like, I wish I could be my own boss. And it's like, well, be prepared not to make money for the first three to four years. You know, it's just like, that's how small business is. It's, it's well, like, and, but also be honest about like what that means. Cause I think some people hear that and be like, how do you eat food and do like <laughs> live life? And you're like, no, you're not. It's a math thing where you're like, you're not turning a profit. You're still able to live a cool life and, and break even. I think I try to tell comedians that it's like, or anyone passionate about what they're doing that's not some nine to five corporate safe move is that no, the freedom is not what you think it is. It's this, it, what it is, is being able to be like, no one's really in telling me what to do. And if I fail, it's mostly on me. And that is freedom to me is that I, it's not, I'm, I'm not dependent on somebody else for this whole thing. And you're like, well, how do you make money? You're like, I get by and it's awesome. I seem to make it somehow. I don't know. And that's, it's awesome. I don't know. Like that's the thing. I haven't starved yet. I haven't got. I still. I haven't get kicked out of my house. And the, the beautiful <laughs> thing I've noticed is the heart. The more I put into my thing, the more I get out of it. So when I'm like, ah, this year was kind of lean. I look back like I did a lot of really fun stuff. So I didn't put a lot as much into the thing as I as I usually do because all this other stuff. So it balances out. Yeah. Well, I'm like I don't know. I don't get too metaphysical. I try not to get too hippy dippy, but. It really, like, if you, I don't know. You're on the wrong It just podcast. takes care of itself, I guess. I don't know. Like, if, 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 you, if you do all the right stuff, like, the money will come. Like, that's what kind of Sunshine was saying about some things. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's about living right first. Like, if you're living the right way, like, the, 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 the money will come later. I don't know. Also, like, being a river guide and living like that made me, like, real hard to starve out. So, like, all my, all my 20s, I lived on, like, I lived on, like probably $20,000 a year, and I only worked six months all of my 20s, um, which was a lifestyle choice. So I made a choice early on. Which is, I don't... Oh, I, I think that... Well, I think we're getting to the, why Humboldt, yeah. the lifestyle really fits you. Well, and I don't... So I made a choice... Because it I, feels I, abundant here then to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's abundance, yeah. So like, I made a decision in my 20s that I was going to retire now at 20 years old, retire for 15 years, and then work until I was dead. Um, instead of getting a job when I was 20, working until I was 60, maybe if I survived, and then spending the last, last 15 years of my life. So I, I, don't, I don't recommend this, and I don't even know if it's smart, but that's kind of the decision I made. Is like, I'm going to retire now, and I'm going to do all my stuff now. When, I, when I'm healthy, my body's good, I have unlimited freedom. Um, so it was an interesting choice. So then I, so I started the business, this business when I was like 34, and that was like, okay, cool. Now it's time to come out of retirement, work until I'm dead. <laughs> but I decided to kind of live my 
retirement work-life backwards than most people live it. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I think it's not, if you're being honest, it makes a lot of sense. Not that, and I've somewhat done this, but not as consciously as you, was like, with stand-up, it was, you have to do it a bunch to get good at it, and that's the only way. It's That's what cannabis it's a grown cannabis it's yeah. when i first that first plant i was hooked immediately i was like oh i know what this is i get every part of this oh no i get every part of this <laughs> uh but it, it's that i knew that much going in that i didn't want to promote a lot of what i was doing or try to get famous or any of that stuff because i wasn't great or good at it yet and I knew I was better than a lot of people, I'll be honest, but I wasn't still up. And then in my 30s was when I was like, okay, I'm good at this. Now I'm going to start working on it. And my plan is a little different than yours. Is like for the next, it started when I was about 35. So for the next 15, 10 to 15 years, I'm going to work my dick off at this thing. And then when I'm 50, I'm going to dis-a-fucking-peer. <laughs> and I just didn't know where I was going to disappear until I came up here, and I was like, oh, I know where I'm going to go. <laughs> but that's that same thing where it's like, oh, I ha these are our prime years for working because I have the most knowledge. I, I know what works for me. So, boom. Oh, that's, and this is a weird podcast for especially... But I think it all ties into Humboldt. I really it do. It is. Because a lot I of mean, people, like, it's a beacon. It's a beacon towards people who think outside of the box or like, I'm going to start with retirement or who are like, hey, I'm going to disappear into the woods. Like, that is what this area is. It's like, it's not for everybody. Most people would be like, hey, man, there's not enough targets up here. You know, so like, it is a different reality. And there's one. <laughs> they do have a target. They do. I was shocked. I was honest. impressed by I was like, that. Hey, look at that. I don't, got a target. It ain't I don't big. think it was it there. Huge, guys. It is this appropriately sized time. target. They have an appropriately sized target. But it's here. But it is. It's a beacon towards people living a different lifestyle, I guess. is the best Well, we word. said it was in Caitlin's episode. We talked about that if you're not genuine in who you are here, it's not going to work. Like the like, you can't be phony in Humboldt County in any part, northern, southern. So I think like when we met you, I was like, it was just reaffirming that as soon as we met you, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know why I thought he would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, um, yeah, so I moved here. Um, yeah, and I love it, man. So this is where I'm at. Um, so yeah, before that, I was living in the truck. Before that, we were going to school in Chico, uh -huh. and I was studying. I studied recreation administration. Which is another cool thing I like to talk about because, like, when I was in high school, nobody told me that you can get a degree in recreation. And if they would have told me that, I may have made better choices when I was younger. Um, but recreation is like a, it's a career. So I have an associate's degree in outdoor recreation leadership. And then I, I, I'm one class away from a bachelor's degree in recreation administration. Um, Let's get that motherfucker done. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same way with philosophy. And yet we're, here we are and we can still do the things. Yeah. So it's all right. I'll go back and get it eventually. 
I have, a, like I have a whole year left, and I'm not going back. <laughs> all, all of us I are... do want them to give me an honorary degree in communications <laughs> since I communicate for a living. You know, I'm working on that with Chico. Like, hey, man, why don't you guys give me my degree? You know you want to. Like, yeah. It'll help your numbers. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I, stu- so I study records This is more college. for you than me. Well, it is. Like, they need the numbers, too. So, um, yeah, so I studied recreation in Chico, and before that, we were living in Quincy, California. And Quincy, California is north of Lake Tahoe and, like, east of Chico, kind of, like, northeast of Sacramento in the mountains. Okay. Um, it's very small. The whole county has 10,000 people. Um, Quincy has 5,000 people. My graduating class at the community college there had 60 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's very small. So I moved from – before that, I lived in L.A., so my wife and I met in L.A. when we were young. She was, God, she was like Be careful with she, the yeah, number you put a, out. She was right a month now. from being seventeen, and I, she was a month from being eighteen, and I was seventeen when I was I was eighteen oh, when okay. we first met. Okay. So I was eighteen, and she was like a month from being eighteen when we first met. And um, it's very yeah, close. We, it's we very close, it. but I think we're okay. When we met, when we met. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> all right, Matt. all right. <laughs> Then we're yeah, getting but, uh, only hold hands. It's, a, That's it's it. an interesting times we're living in. We're just making. <laughs> um, yeah, so we met down there. Local we like... river trip man arrested. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so we met down there, and then um, like right, right before we met, actually, I got caught with like four hundred hits of acid by the highway patrol, and Ooh. that was like not cool. That's a lot of acid. That's not cool. It was a lot of acid. It was a lot. Did of acid. he know what it was? Did they know what it was? Yeah. Not immediately. No. Yeah, put this on your tongue. Yeah, it was like micro dots. So it was like actually little brown acid. It was brown acid. It was like <laughs> little tiny brown micro dots. Yeah? Yeah, but so I got busted with that. And that's a whole long story. Um, I eventually, I got convicted and I got sentenced to a county year. So county year with good time is nine months. Um, and I, did, I went in and did time at Riverside Correction Center, RPD, in downtown Riverside. But um, California, yeah, yeah, in, in Riverside, yeah, down in Riverside, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I got busted in Riverside on 91. It's not a fr- no, that, I was on the I 15, don't... I was on the 15 going south. Oh man, yeah, the CHP got me. So, yeah, so I got in and went into RPD, and it was okay. I mean, I don't know, I mean, it was jail, it sucked, but I didn't <laughs> feel like it wasn't like scary, yeah, you know what I mean? It just sucked, you know. Um, but after being in there for like 10 days, it was really full. So that was like California's had some crazy court cases with like. The federal government's forced us to release people from jail and all this stuff. This is before all that. So we were, there was three times as many people in that jail as should have been. So there's people like sleeping on the floor, sleeping on the tables, sleeping in the showers. There's people everywhere, dude. So um, there was a program you could apply for for early release. And if you were like nonviolent, first time drug offender, which is like what I was. So I applied for early release and I got released 10 days into it. So I did 10 <laughs> days on a nine-month sentence, or a year sentence, which is sweet. So I went to jail, but it wasn't that, it could have been so much worse. You know yeah, I mean? no, I've been, I've spent yeah. a couple nights Yeah, so 10 days, that's there. not that bad. It, I mean, it's not bad. In the scheme oh, of things. And I had to do probation. Did and, you learn your lesson? Oh, I never sold LSD after that. Yeah, only took it after yeah, that. Yeah, that was even me, like, being a drug dealer, you know what I mean? Like, I was always in cannabis, and I was, in, I was selling weed before that, of course. But that was the end of, like, drugs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, no, we're going to get his drug game. Like, they take this one more serious. Yeah, joke. Well, I was a felon for a long time. Actually, just, like, a month ago, I got it all finally taken care of and dismissed. So I'm now newly not a felon anymore. So I can, Congratulations. Like, it's great. And it's, it was much more, like, liberating than I thought it would be. Like, I thought, like, ah, whatever. I've been living my whole life. But it's, like, it was a big deal. And also, to be honest, 
the California, the state of California kind of acknowledged that what they did was wrong. Um, in the beginning, like it wasn't just like, it was like they dismissed it because it never should have happened is kind of what they said. And that felt like more validating than I thought. That's an odd. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. why did they think that? They changed the law. So, um, uh, if they, this, this will happen in like 2000. Oh, you mean the amount of LSD you had yeah, was just, like, like a lot. Like if I got busted for the same thing today, it would be a misdemeanor and I wouldn't go to jail. Yeah. So they're kind of like, Hey, you know, we don't, we realize we don't do that anymore. And we realize it probably wasn't cool then. Sorry, kind of, but not in those words. <laughs> you know, they never say sorry, but they, no, they do not. No, but no, they, no, no, that they're kind of like, hey, this never should, should happen, so dis- it's dismissed. You hey, know? the way we've changed this is you're not a felon anymore. Or, yeah, so no one's at fault here. Mm-hmm. No yeah, one. Like, Ooh, sorry, we put that you in is jail the, for That's yeah. my favorite government yeah, yeah, move. Yeah. Oops. Is, hey. No one's at fault. No one's at fault here. Uh, the thing happened, sure. It happened. <laughs> but. No one did anything wrong. Do you think that would be different if you had done more than 10 days where you would be like, like if you were in there for a year straight and then later on they're like, oops, do you think you would feel it differently? Oh, I'm like pissed at them. I mean, I I would feel the same probably. I'm like not happy about it. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I had a lot of acid. I could deny it. You know what I mean? Like I, I knew what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like I had hundreds of hits of acid. So it's like, ah. There's no joke that if I got busted, it was going to be bad. You know what I mean? Actually, I thought it would be worse. You, know, you always hear like stories about like, um, what are the crazy acid stories? Like insurrection that will get you, all that crazy stuff like that. But they just got me with distribution. It's pretty normal. Um, yeah, so that happened. And then I met my wife right after that, like before I even went to court. And then she like stuck with me through that and like stuck with me through going to jail. And she thought it was going to be a year, like everybody. Her like, teenage she, love puppy mind. That's a great story to walk into. Yeah, it's wild. She I'll came wait visit me. for you. I wait for It's great. We've known each other six months when I was like, or no, three months, I think, when I was like, sorry, you got to bounce for a year. And she was like, oh, cool, I'll wait. When I get out of jail, <laughs> you'll be 18. It'll all be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. You ever thought of that? <laughs> Woo, that saved me. <laughs> going to jail really saved me from going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, we like, I was on probation. I had, to stay in, I had to stay in the area because I was on probation forever. So we stayed there. We had some like crappy jobs. I was a plumber. Uh, at like the peak of the housing boom. I was like swinging a hammer, doing plumbing, just not loving it. And then we decided we wanted to go to college. Because, like, we were living this, like, uncollege life. And it's like, man, she was working at a hardware store. I was a plumber. It's like, this is what the rest of our life looks like. Like, uh-huh. we don't want to do that, you know? So we decided to go to college. Wanted to go to college in Northern California. Found Quincy randomly because we wanted to go somewhere rural. Um, um, so we ended up in Quincy. College there. College Chico. Living in the truck. Moving to Humboldt. And so that whole time, I was... <laughs> it just sounds like a very... It's like, yeah, of yeah. course you ended up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. You uh, and that whole time, I was did you run to... out of gas? Here? Is that how you... <laughs> ran out of money a couple times. <laughs> yeah, that's very humble too. Yeah, I ran out of money. Um, so, yeah, that whole time, I was working as a river guide and working in the recreation industry and working in the cannabis industry. So I start, I, I would like break up ounces and sell them as eighths. So that was like always my game. I was always, the, I was always the friend who had weed that you would buy. You know what I mean? But not like big time, just like the buddy you had that you would buy eighths from. And then after a while, we met um, some friends of ours were trimming, started trimming. And trimming, this is like 2005 probably. And trimming started to become like a thing we heard about. Like, man, people are like making money with this trimming thing. Yeah, Our friends are. would do it and they would come home with like 
40 grand and they would just live the rest of the year like going to South America. Like, oh man, pretty that cool. sounds, <laughs> sounds like that sounds right up your alley. Yeah, <laughs> and, we were like, and it's perfect for river guiding too because trim season starts when river guiding season ends. So it's perfect timing. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so I'm so fall. glad that 20s <laughs> me did not know about this. River guiding or trimming? Both, both, those both of those that realities. Li- that lifestyle, like me in my early 20s, I would have been like, I, ugh, man. All right, you guys. I did it for 10 years. I just did that cycle. You know what I mean? And it was, I loved it. It was great, you know? Um, so our friends started trimming, and then we were like still hesitant. Like, I don't know, man. This sounds like maybe scary or I don't know. But they did it a few years, and then we were like, oh, we want to try that too. We could use some extra money. So then we started trimming for our friends, and that was cool. Um, it was never tons of money. It was always just like an extra $5,000 to like help get through the winter, you know? Um, and then um, the, the guy that ran the guys that ran the place asked my wife and I to manage that farm for a year. So we, it's really common in the weed industry, especially in the unregulated market. There's usually like three people involved. There's like a land person, a money person, and a labor person. So these two guys were the money and the land people, and I, my wife and I were the labor people. So the deal was we're going to do all the work on the farm under their direction, but they were going to pay for all the costs of all the nutrients, the land, the, everything. You know what I mean? Because it's very expensive to like put a crop in. Do the operation. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, they, so we didn't have to pay any money, but we were going to do all the work. And it, the deal was we were going to get 10% of the weed once it's sold, which is important. Because sometimes they want to give you 10% of the weed, which is much less valuable than 10% of the weed after they sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So That's one idea. of the bigger jobs you got. Yeah, yeah exactly. Everyone write this down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't even any product. I mean, if you're selling tomatoes, like, you, you don't want to you don't want to get paid in tomatoes. You want to no, get paid. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> Comedians never want to get paid in laughs. That's the worst way to get paid. Oh, I'd be Beer. so rich. <laughs> you have all the drinks you want, man. Just come up and do, come up and do a bit. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we managed that farm, and that was amazing. So we grew, and so we did 1,000 plants in a light depth in five-gallon pots in like a like carport greenhouses um, and mm. harvested that, and that was pretty cool. So the idea, this used to happen all the time. The idea was the light depth would pay for the outdoor. So you would use the money you made for your light depth to pay the costs of the outdoor and pay the trimmers. And then that would like get you through to starting the next cycle again. So they got the light depth harvested and out of there and everything. Um, and then, um, then I, my wife and I left the farm because we had some family stuff to do. It was like a family birthday. And while we were gone, the, uh, oh, and then we had a hundred plants outdoor in like big 300 gallon smart pots that were like, I don't know, whatever, 10, 15 feet tall. They probably have been like three to five pound plants, like big monsters, you know? And then we left the farm for the birthday and came. And while we were there, my boss, the farmer called and said, don't go back to the farm and then hung up. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> don't right, go back. We're not go back to the farm till we hear more. So then he, we called, called him a couple hours later. And it turns out the farmer got busted while we were gone, um, which we had, Kind of suspected because there was some things. There's like we got flown real hard a couple times with helicopters and airplanes, and there was some like weird stuff going on at our gate. So we were like on alert, anyways. Um, yeah, so they came and they wood chipped all the weed, and they Ugh. the guy who was there they handcuffed to a tree for a couple of hours, and then <laughs> basically just told him to walk He's down like, the road. Listen. <laughs> I told the, I told y'all the first time I don't like being handcuffed to a tree. <laughs> <laughs> they, pulled, they they came with him like full on um, ski masks, uh, full tactical gear in the middle of the night, machine guns. Pulled him out of bed so hard it like his socks came off, and then handcuffed to a tree in the dark, and then did their work for like four hours. He's like, hey, if this is a sex thing, you gotta, yeah. we gotta we gotta know a safe word, all right? 
<laughs> yeah, but he's like, so he ended up, um, he got like a thousand dollar fine and was on probation for six months and it was fine for him in the end too. But the farm got, but so we got paid. So the deal is if you get 10% and the farm gets busted, 10% of the fine, 10% of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you get paid, so we got nothing for that year. Um, which, so we worked for like nine months every day, 12 hours a day. And then, um, we didn't go to jail, but we just got nothing. It was kind of like everyone just walked away from it at the end. I'm like, well, it's a loss, you know? And they lost way more than I did. They lost the land, which they had, they were like a lot of money into that land. That money was gone. And it was, um, they financially took a harder hit for sure than me, but it was still, it was a gut punch. It's like, oh man, I just worked for the whole year. It's all just gone. Toiling yeah. in the soil and then it's all gone. And a lot of work. And I love those plants too. And it was going to be so good. It was like two <laughs> weeks from harvest. And yeah, I was stoked. We were going to do well. So that money was supposed to start this business. That uh, was the idea. Like, I'm going to take the money from this weed farm and parlay it into starting the... But then there was no money. So I had to put this off for five years, you know? Uh, um, so that is kind of when I decided... That was, that was when I really decided... Because for a while, I thought, like, I'm going to be a weed grower. Like, this is cool. Like, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm really... I love farming and I love gardening. I have a... I'm good at it. I, I don't know. I'm good at it. I have a talent you for farming. Be, yeah. <laughs> you're not being braggy. Yeah. You're just so, being confident. So for a long time, I thought that I would like to be a farmer. Um, but after that experience is when I'm like, no, dude, I'm not, I don't want to be a farmer. I don't think I me. like this yeah, yeah. at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked farming. I just didn't like the risk, man. The farmers in the legal industry or the unregulated industry, they take all the risk, and it's scary. You know it what I mean? It is scary. It's a... Uh... But you've... I, I just love, and this is very Humboldt, and you're, you're a quintessential Humboldtian, is that, and a cannabis, like, it, the plant speaks to you. So, you thought you were a grower, and then you're like, nah, this is not what I, this is not for me, but cannabis is. And then you, you carved out your niche, and I'm very excited about the future for you, and that's why... Like I, I'll be honest, I don't think we planned on interviewing you as a person, or as a. We just thought like Matt can help us because he knows this stuff and we'll help his business. But then as soon as we met you, I was like, oh, we need to interview Matt. He's like very humble and just his story is awesome. And then when you're like, we'll drive you around, and we're like, okay. At first we weren't sure. We just didn't want to fuck up your van and stuff. And then Mike has his truck. And then Mike got pulled over, and uh, his tags are extremely expired in a way that, like, I felt like a dad, where I was like, "What is wrong with you?" Uh, I mean, a year's which actually not helped us get out of it the. It did. I think it, it did. did. I think my reaction of being so just like, "What in the hell, dude?" That the cop was like, "Yeah, this guy's he's gonna take care of this. Uh, he's gonna do the parenting yeah, for can, me that yeah, I'm supposed to." <laughs> I don't think I have to parent because Dad here's already taken over. Because uh, I did feel I was like, "Motherfucker!" Um, <laughs> he felt that way, but not enough to actually take the cannabis pipe that oh. was dirty out of the center console. As the cop just started shining his flashlight on like he shined his flashlight oh, so many us. times he showed he it like, to me three times you know i, I see was, that I right was like, i know right we're being very irresponsible <laughs> i understand he's like trying to move it with the light from his flashlight like just get that thing out of my just sight hide it, okay you guys <laughs> it was he was like help me out and i was like i know we're not and i'm sorry we're not we're just too high right it's, now if you know. had any idea how stu- he grows the best weed uh, but and then when you started, like, 
you're so good at the tour part and you have such a genuine love for this county, it comes out and I was like, oh, we're going to have to just film. We're just going to have to record him because he's telling the Humboldt story way better than we ever could. And we just want to like thank you so much because like uh, we we also know that you can talk so much and if we let you go it'll be nine episodes and our producer <laughs> and and our money guy will be like hey i told you we need these episodes this way and i'm like i know but there's a lot of good information and we like listening to matt and we couldn't tell him to stop so that's what i'm trying to not be a dick about it but it was just so what we're going to do and i'm explaining to our to matt and the listeners is we've introduced you to who Matt is, and he's from Humboldt Cannabis Tours. We will give you all the information on our socials, and we'll you can link from the information in the episode to Matt. And when you're up here, take his tour or take, like he was saying yesterday, a lot of his his uh, customers are sweet, loving partners of cannabis connoisseurs who have no interest and are like, you know what? They love pot so much. I bet they'd love to go see where this shit comes from. <laughs> I'm just gonna do this for them. I bet they'd like that. It's so beautiful. Um, so take, t- just take. It's the first one of its kind. It is the future, I think, of small batch and cannabis, and it'll help take care of these people that created the cannabis culture in the United States. It's gonna, and we need to take care of these people, and tourism will save them like it did the wine country. And what we're going to do now is the next episode is going to be, well, I'm, I'm not sure how we're going to do it exactly. I'm sure he'll edit all this out. Yeah, we're going to edit this out, but <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> thank you guys so much. And I just wanted, um, well, I just want to in- encourage everyone to just come visit Humboldt. Like, if you want to do a tour, do a tour. I'd love to have you. We're going to be visiting Johnny Casali's farm for the first time ever in the world this summer. If you want to go meet Johnny, let me you know. You want to meet John. You, yeah, and, do. And you also, do want to meet John. We're Everyone. only doing weekends in the summer. So I figured it out. And there's going to be about 80 people that get to meet Johnny this year, probably. So if you want to be one of... It's not like everyone's going to be able to do this. It's, it's kind of limited. So if you want to meet Johnny, like be one of those 80 people because it's not... It's, we just don't have the capacity for a lot of people because get COVID in early, you things. hit motherfuckers. Like and this also, but podcast. Just, but just really come visit Humboldt. That's all I really care about. Like, do yes. a tour, don't do a tour. I don't care. Come to Humboldt, enjoy the redwoods, breathe in the air, go to the farmer's market, have some delicious food, go to the dispensary, smoke some great weed. Just come visit. That's all I care about. And, and take care of it. Leave it the way you found it, though, you sons of bitches. Motherfuckers. Because if you don't, I'll come find you because yeah. it's a special place yeah, to we'll me. stomp the shit out of you. Matthew, thank you so much.
Because it wasn't that great. That was great. He was I mean, full the- of, like, if you guys are still unclear about, like, exactly what he, what his business is, there's going to be an episode coming up. There's a couple episodes coming up of of just us in the back of his van and him giving us a tour. Uh, one's us kind of talking and he really kind of explains what it is and it's really good. And then there's another one where he tells us, he kind of just gives us the tour or part of it, part of the tour from one of the farms back to the uh, hotel. And it is fantastic. So that those episodes are coming up and that he tells a Bigfoot story in one of them coming up that is just I couldn't have it's legit I've listened to it three times if that tells you anything because it is good and I've got to do some research on it it's because it's so interesting Uh, so that's coming up he's a neat dude I think it's cool it just it I thought it was really neat to put him on right after Caitlin, after we talked about how you can't be a phony in Humboldt. You got to be who you are. As long as you're who you are, it doesn't matter who you are. That's the coolest part of it. You just can't be, you can't pretend to be somebody else. You can be the weirdest motherfucker on the planet if that's who you are. And they're like, get in here. I mean, they're very accepting, but they got to accept the real you. Or else yeah. they're just like, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. <sighs> it's a special yeah. place. Everyone well, made this special. He introduced us to special people who drove us around. I mean, honestly, he is the tour guide of this last little part of these of this season, and it's fucking perfect. I highly recommend it. He'll get you Do donut it. holes and stuff like that. It's fucking big old donut holes. They're not like little LA mm-hmm. donut holes. They were like, these are huge. I was no. so happy. I was, like, I was, that's a gaping hole right there it was a, just uh. <laughs> but guys we have a smoking egg coming up this weekend so you guys should come in if you're a patreon member you can come and smoke March with 6th. us we'll March be 6 5 30 yes. pacific time it's 8 30 eastern so take pictures of your buds that you're going to be smoking with us we'll have fun with it we'll talk about that we'll just hang with you guys it'll be super dope send us your buds grown local pod at gmail also if anybody wants to advertise we have our advertising uh shit about figured out i know that's probably not the right word advertising shit but our plans and blah 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 so if you're interested hit us up grown local pod at gmail.com guys uh we're doing some cool stuff about to pop them seeds over on the patreon we haven't oh let's just he asked us to be honest too justin uh we haven't had a, a couple episodes just because uh it's the anniversary of justin's uh uh getting blown up in afghanistan so he's he's taking his time getting through that and we're like hey yeah this is this is supposed to be therapy for you this this plant stuff so the body keeps score you know it feels yeah. it, especially around times of trauma so so take care if you're feeling any trauma just go smoke some stuff guys and take care of yourselves well grow some plants grow your own you guys yeah, that's grow your own 
It's good for you. We went. I went and touched some redwoods. Uh, I said I listened to sniff some dirt. I did. I smelled a lot of dirt. You guys, yeah. go get out in it. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Love you. Thanks, Lee. Yeah.